When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome to episode 216 of Gigpod, Glasgow's Green, the Celtic podcast. And yes, Rizzo, I'm back. Even though I'm ill with the flu, I've uh, thought I need to do a podcast to talk about Celtic's latest shambles. The weekend's 1-1 draw with Kilmarnock, which sees us now second in the league after Rangers defeated St. Johnson. And joining me on this week's pod is Daniel from Daily Celtic, the first time we've been on a pod together. How you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, mate, not too bad. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the flu, but I'm, I'm sure Celtic have, have made it so much better for you, as we always do. But no, doing fine after the shambles at the weekend, I'm doing as well as, as one can be. Yeah, and uh, yes, uh, I am a hero, of course, by getting up out of my sick bed and doing the pod for a wonderful listener, so I would never uh, let down. Right, so let's talk about the game, and I, d- I don't really want to talk about the, the team, really, that Broad selected, because I think it was m- what most people would thought he would pick. I want to talk more about the game itself, and of course, we we'll, won we'll up at half-time with Kyogo's single in two games, I- Good header after a cross by Ralston, and I like didn't even get to see the game. I had to listen to it on the radio, unbelievably enough, like, like the, go- the good old days. But I mean, listening on the radio, and I, I thought, right, okay, but we're playing decent ish first half, but it's our usual problem of no scored a setting goal. Of course, against St. Mirren last week, we got that setting goal, and I think like the 55th minute, something like that, like early in the setting half, and you thought, oh, well, that's the game finished. But then, and Saturday we had that like, effort by Matt O'Reilly that was uh, cleared off the line. And then as the setting half went on, even though I didn't see the game, and I've now only saw highlights, I thought, you know what's going to happen here? Kamala's going to inevitably equalise. And the only surprise for me was that they equalised in the 91st minute. So actually being at the game, and I know our dear leader Stevie was there as well, and he says it didn't surprise him at all. 
Like, could you tell, like, for, like, well from, like, even, like, the 60th minute that Kelly were going to score? When I was watching the game, I was I was sitting with my dad and I said to him, and it was one moment in the second half and it was Bernardo had a chance to seal the game uh, and he put, and I'm going to call it a setter, but it was at the other end of the pitch for me, so I didn't get a clear view of it, but I'm pretty sure it was a setter and he put it widen over the bar and I said to my dad I was I was like that's gonna cost us cost us three points because even he was saying it to me as well it looked like they were going to score from probably about 50 minutes and there was a period of time just between the maybe the 55th and the 65th minute where we were passing the ball about the back and it honestly looked like we hadn't ever like tried to play football before and it was carnage because Joe Hart was trying to play the ball to Rousen who had two men around him and he was giving them the ball back and then he was giving it to Cal McGregor to come in and take the ball and then he was giving it to another centre half who was who was getting pressed and it was like what's going on here it was it was as if you were just waiting for the ball to be nicked and put in the net and I actually think we were lucky to get as far as we did with it being at 1-0 because we like like you said Stevie said he he was expecting us to concede a goal. Like you could tell, you could, you could just tell. Like the atmosphere was, I don't know, it was a weird one. It was like everyone was on edge, like just waiting for something to happen because it was as if there was a mistake. Just like it was waiting for someone to just give them the ball and that was them throwing goal or just pass the ball to their striker and that's just that happened. It was we were all we were almost just expecting it, but no. It, for me, it was one of these ones where we were playing like we've been playing the way we've been playing and it it doesn't surprise you if you were to tell me before the game about gonna go and concede a ninetieth minute goal, that wouldn't surprise me. But going and watching the game and then seeing how it unfolded, it still doesn't surprise me that it happened. But yeah, I was I was kinda just waiting for the ball to hit the back of the net really. Yeah, and that's one win out of four against Kamarnock this season, which is just pitiful. I mean, they've beat us twice at Rugby Park we beat them 3-1 at Celtic Park earlier on this season and that wasn't convincing. And then, of course, there was Saturday and I was... I mean, looking at even the subs Brendan made and I know the talk has been non-stop about how the board failed Celtic this summer and in January. And they have. And, I mean, it'll be a great day when the board are removed and the likes of Peter Lowell, his son, Michael Nicholson, are out of Celtic Park. I mean, there's been rumours that Peter Lowell's son could be leaving shortly, maybe in the summer, that wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, even though his dad's still at Celtic, I mean, he, he's done a, a really bad job uh, in the transfer windows since he's took over. Like, of course, working with Ange first and then now working with Brendan. But, I mean, I, I want to focus more on Brendan because I, it goes back to me to November. I remember the nothing each game against Hibs when we, we went, now Brendan might not remember this, but certainly we're actually seven points clear at one stage. And then, of course, when we drew under each house, we went eight points clear, but Rangers beat Hearts the next day. But, I mean, since then, their performances have been poor, and really, I don't know what Brendan does to, to arrest this sort of slide, because you, you've seen it coming for weeks. I mean, OK, we beat Rangers, but that wasn't convincing. We were 2-0 up against 10 men, and we, end, and we ended up, like, Screaming the win, 2-1, really, a game we should have won comfortably. I mean, I think there's maybe only two performances, and domestically this season, I think we've been, like, excellent 90 minutes. The 4-1 win at Tynecast, and I think the 6-0 win over Aberdeen at Parkhead, but everything else has been pretty average, and I remember I was at the, the one each draw with Motherwell, well, I think it was in November. I managed to get a, a free ticket there due to an unnamed individual, and 
I just was stunned by how bad we were. We created very few chances. We get two penalties, of course. I know people always agree about Rangers getting penalties, but don't forget, we get two penalties that day. And we, we still couldn't win. We gave away a pathetic equaliser. I was at the, the 2-0 defeat to Hearts as well, which was another shambles. I mean, 2-0 down at half-time. We've done practically nothing to rescue it. So, I mean, obviously, I know the board's getting a lot of stick, and deservedly so, because they are really rubbish. But, I mean, Brendan's not doing anywhere near good enough, and I think time's running out for Brendan. Can you see any way that Brendan rescues us, or do you think that it's going to just be doomed if he'll get unfortunately Rangers are going to win the league this season to be completely honest I nah, I can't see us getting back um, back up to the top of the league and if we do it'll only be because Rangers have got games in hand to play over us and it's and it might sound as if I'm I'm just oh I've got no faith in this Celtic team which I don't I don't have any faith in this Celtic team I don't have faith in Brendan Rodgers to turn it around Brendan Rodgers like, came in like you said he had a 7 point lead at the top of the table at one point can you believe it no you can't but he's managed to throw that away and more we're now we're not even joint at the top anymore we're now just behind we're two points behind he's thrown away nine points in the space of about three months and for any Celtic team and any Celtic manager to do that against anyone no matter how good Rangers are or how bad Celtic are like it's not acceptable like you've seen imagine it was Neil Lennon in Brendan Rodgers position he's you're calling for his head you know what I mean so I think as much as I thought that when he came back, Brendan Rodgers would have been fine in the job and I actually thought the league was going to be a certainty for every season that he would be at the club. It would just be about European progression. He's came in and he's playing negative football and as much as I don't think that the signings that were made were all to do with his choice, he needs to needs to use the squad better because we've got guys like Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo, who are far too, let's be honest, are far too good for for Scottish football. I mean, Matt O'Reilly's been great this season, and Kyogo has still been still been good as much as he's not been as good as he was last year. But it, obviously, it's hard to be as, as consistent uh, as he was um, due to the system changing. But these guys are so good, and we're we're making them look like buying average players like Matt O'Reilly for the past maybe since the start of the year even he's looked like a completely different player than the first half of the season and I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday um, and it was as if it's the Atletico Madrid game at home just completely sold as a dream because you would you would never look at that game and think that team that played that day are now sitting two points behind Rangers because we can't score a goal like it's we're struggling to score goals and you would never ever think or like look at a Celtic team and think they're not going to score goals. But we can't go, we, we just can't go into games and go, yeah, we're going to win this comfortably, three, three, maybe four goals. Because we're not shown that we can go out and score goals. And then the football that we play is just so boring and it's so negative. And it's actually just takes your, like, your interest in it, out it completely. And you're just like, you're just waiting for maybe if we do get a goal like can we just get a second and seal it and even a second goal doesn't seal it I mean like you were talking about with the Rangers game we were 2-0 up and they had 10 men for about 30 minutes of the game and we made it look a struggle like you're right we scraped we scraped that win and that was all to do with the way we were trying to play our football and obviously the substitutions we made didn't help and with Mikey Johnson and stuff like that but I genuinely have no no hope in this Celtic team and I do think if this Celtic team managed to crawl back this league it's it's down to, it's down to Rangers I mean 
because they're going to have to drop points. And even with them dropping points, I, I would still have no confidence in us going and taking advantage of it because we are just so, so bad. Yeah, I mean, they've got a game on Saturday, which I think could be a difficult game for them. I mean, Hearts, Hearts are playing better than us, you know? They've got Hearts at Ibrooks, and Hearts are, I think, maybe... I'd say the form team in Scotland, you know, and, and of course it was us that started that by letting them win easily at Celtic Park. And I mean, it wouldn't. I think Rangers will probably win that game, but it wouldn't be a complete shock if like Hearts get a draw there. I mean, Lawrence Shanklin, I think, is the best player in Scottish football, you know, which I think maybe says a lot about the standard of league this season. But he is, and I mean, I think he won Player of the Year pretty handily. And I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they get a draw. But then, would you would you trust this Celtic team to go to Fir Park on a Sunday and get the job done? You wouldn't. I mean. Brendan's only won two games out of five at Fir Park since he's been Celtic manager in both spells and both those wins were 90th minute winners the 4-3 the in his first season and that game earlier this season when Matt O'Reilly scored an injury time so I've got no confidence but I mean as you say the, a big problem for me is how really boring it is and I'm just looking at the stats here since uh, we came back in January after the break we've played four league games and we've scored four goals and conceded three I mean four goals in four games that, that's just... In fact, actually, I'm, I'm wrong. We've scored one, two, three, five goals in four games. But that's still not good enough. Five goals in four games is pathetic for Celtic. And, of course, I've dropped points twice in that time. Drew with Aberdeen during Saturday. I mean, beat Ross County 1-0. We're first minute goal, unconvincing. Scraped that one against Hibs with an injury time penalty. I, mean, if you, I don't want to compare it to Ange, but if you compare the football to Ange's football... There's no comparison. I mean, we'd have scored five goals in one game. I mean, teams like Motherwell, who of course are playing in, in, uh, in Sunday, their goal scorers record's better than us. Now. Five goals in four games is nowhere nearly good enough for Celtic and nowhere near good enough for the money the fans are paying. And I mean, I know that we're going to say, oh, they should have, the, the boards have got bread that the players wanted. Yes, they should have. But I mean, he's got previous for no making signings in January. And really, I just don't think even if we did sign the players he wanted that it would make that much a difference because I think the team has been on a downward spiral since November, December what's happening is near surprise so do you think there's any way that Brendan doesn't end this season as Celtic manager do you think there's any way he leaves before the end of the season why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America you don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Got your happy price, price line. I mean, unless he was to get the sack, but this Celtic board, I don't think, would ever sack Brendan Rodgers. Um, I can't see him leaving before the end of the season, but if we get to the end of the season and let's say on a hypothetical that we win the Scottish Cup and we lose the league, I think that he he might just call it there and go. But I think if we end the season on, on zero trophies, then he'll want to try and redeem himself for the next season and want to stay in the job, which could end up being even worse for the club. But then you'd have to look at the board and think, well, you've got to take responsibility and take his job away from him. But he has, he's got, Brendan Rodgers has got the arrogance about him that if he doesn't win a trophy, he'll want to stay to try and win him another one. But if he does get one, then he, he might just call it and say, well, I got, I got a Scottish Cup. And then call it a day there and say that his time's up. But I can't see us finishing the season without him as manager. On the hypothetical that we went and lost the next five games, only something like that. I could see I could see Brendan Rodgers departing from Celtic, but there's a lot more than than Brendan Rodgers to leave, I think, with to worry about. But I was talking to an unnamed individual, um, and it's, can I actually see any of them taking responsibility and departing for the club on their own half for the good of the of the club? And I was saying, well, I don't think they will, because Celtic are a club who rarely ever lose money, and it's just a profitable business for them. And these guys are just making money at Celtic, and it feels like that's all it is, because we saw with the with a financial statement that came out in the last year that we do have money and we're just choosing not to spend it. And it'll be interesting to see how this year's all look because apparently it's it's not came out at the time it should have. It's came out a wee bit later, but I think that's to do with the fact it would maybe upset the support a bit more. The only reason I don't I don't think that Brendan Rodgers would would leave the club before the end of the season is because he has got this arrogance about him, but. He's promised us three years, and we all know that means nothing in the words of Brendan Rodgers, but I really can't see him leaving on his own accord before one. So I'd, I'd like to think that he's got something up his sleeve to to spark some life into this Celtic team before the end of the season and before it's too late. But we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I'd like, to, I'd like to think that everything can go from this point on to the end of the season. Everything can go well and we'll, we'll win every game we'll score goals but like you said Motherwell have got a better goal scoring record than us and although they might concede more than us they, at least they're going and trying to attack the opposition but it, it wouldn't surprise me if we go to Motherwell at the weekend and we go and concede one or two maybe in the first half and then that's putting us under pressure to go and attack them and then even if that means we're scoring goals like you've still got another problem that to look at you know what I mean so there's loads of hypotheticals but I do think uh, you get too much arrogance about him to leave before the end of the season. Ah, you're probably right. I mean, I, I think results may end up dictating. I mean, if you look at our next four fixtures, Mullerwell away, Dundee midweek at home next Wednesday night. I mean, normally you think guaranteed three points. I'm not sure these days. Then Hearts away a week on Sunday. And I mean, I don't want to be down here, but I'd have Hearts as favourites for that game. And I expect Hearts to win that game by a couple of goals. Then on my birthday, lucky me, we've got Livingston at home in the Scottish Cup. And surely, I mean, we need to win that game. We'll probably win it in penalties or something. Knowing how bad we are these days. But I don't know what, I think results might dictate it. And I know mostly the, the, the anger of the fans has been focused on the board. But if we end up on Sunday four or five points behind Rangers at the end of the game, I think the, the focus will turn on the manager. Because... 
it's not good enough, really. And for the money he's getting, three million pound a year, he's no he's no earning his money. And I will talk about the Motherwell game now, uh, just to end it, because we have to we have to make it a brief episode this this week, listeners, due to uh, technical reasons. But I mean, Motherwell are in bad form, but then they were in terrible form before they played us earlier this season. So we've played them twice this season, and both games have been really tight. I mean, the first game we won two one. We ended up having it'll get a 97th minute winner, I think it was, by Matt O'Reilly. Then, of course, we drew on each of them at Celtic Park. Really, really bad performance. So, I don't know what to expect on Sunday. We're going to be under massive pressure because, I mean, Rangers, on the, I doubt, are going to lose to Hearts. Actually, that, see if that did happen, if like, somehow Rangers lost to Hearts. I think that would be a, probably as big a problem as I'm winning because we'd be under so much pressure to like, go back to the top of the league. I don't know if I'd trust this Celtic team, which is crazy when you consider that so many of this team won the treble just like a year ago. I mean, I know this team isn't as good as it was, but the majority of that squad have won loads of trophies and it's about time they got together and sorted it. I mean, I seen the day that Greg Taylor says that they had a an emergency meeting after the game in the dressing room and, and to me that's a concern. That shows that the players recognise that things are quickly falling apart and that they know they need to sort this out, but... I mean, we've not talked about Carl McGregor yet, and I think we've been touching him briefly as well, but I thought he was, from what I can tell and what I've heard, he was absolutely terrible on Saturday, and he really needs to get the finger out as well. What, what are your uh, thoughts on Sunday, Daniel? Can, can you see this Celtic team doing the remarkable and getting a second win at Fur Park this season, or do you think it's going to be yet another catastrophe in this season of catastrophes? You'll never believe it, but I actually think that Celtic will win at Fur Park at the weekend. I know, a shock. But I do think I do think we'll win, and I actually think we'll win comfortably. I think it will just be one of these games that we're going into with absolutely no hope at all, and just seeing how things go. But I do I think we'll I think we'll go in, and I think we'll we'll play not bad, and I actually think I think we'll win, and I think we'll have a clean sheet. As much as I was just talking about Motherwell's goal scoring records and how bad Celtic are at scoring goals, I just think it will be one of those games where we we can wrap it up relatively quickly and see it out comfortably but this is just me being brainwashed um, and hoping for the best and my delusional 2023 uh, Ange post Celtic side is coming into my head right now Aye I know we'll just we'll just hoping for the best do you think Jim Brendan will come up with anything to try and uh, I don't know rescue the situation do you think he'll, he'll have a a new formation or do you think it'll be the same old same old the uh, for me, I would I would put Hugo back up front. I mean, I know Brendan doesn't like to do that, and I know that he scored two and two playing in the withdrawn role. But for me, he's still the best player at the club, and I know our wingers are going down the toilet weekly. But for me, Hugo has to be back up front again. Can you see that, or do you think he'll he'll stick with the sort of Hugo off the striker routine that? For me, even though he's scoring, just as they want. What do you think he'll do there? No, I agree with you. I think he'll go back to a, like a 4-3-3 kind of formation. But something I noticed at the game at the weekend, the fullbacks, especially Greg Taylor, he was coming in the middle a lot more, like he was doing under Ange. But I think it will be a mix of the two. I think, obviously, it was more like a, a 4-4-2, kind of not a 4-4-2, if you know what I mean, at the weekend, where the striker wasn't really up front with either. It was... More like a four four one one type of thing, but I think it will. We'll go back to the the four three three or the four two three one, whatever Brendan Rodgers likes to call it. But I do think that we'll see a bit of, a bit more fullback inside involvement, which will allow the midfielders to to pull wide again, um, and hopefully it gives Cam McGregor a bit more 
space in the middle to do his thing, but I think that the four four the four four two I'm gonna call it a four four two, but it's actually difficult to figure out what it is. I think that uh, I think that, that was scrapped for this weekend. Um and I do think we'll go back to one up front. But I actually don't know if it will be Kyogo or if it will be either. But it's it's all on what Brennan Rogers wants from the system in terms of what he wants from his striker to do if he wants his striker to come and take the ball and maybe hold it and play it to a midfielder or to play it wide or something. It's, it's more kind of focused on a guy who's bigger. We get so much success from a 4-3-3 with Kyogo up front last season and even at the start of the season and in Europe, so I don't I don't see why we can't just revert to it. Yeah, maybe we will. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, CCV's back as well. And if he does, actually, I wouldn't actually play CCV because Breda would take him off after 60 minutes. Later with Greg Taylor the weekend and that ended badly. And for me, I'd rather just play CCV for the entire game or not at all. So be interesting to see what happens there. Right, Daniel, thanks very much for joining us on the pod this week and tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram and all that. Thank you very much, Rizzo. Um, yeah, you can find me on daily underscore Celtic on Instagram. Uh, the consistency is not there at the moment, but I do promise it will return in the near future. But no, thanks very much for having me on, Rizzo, and hopefully Celtic can seal the deal this weekend. That might not happen. Hopefully I'll get better from a flu and Celtic will win. One of those things will happen. Right, so you can catch uh, Stevie on Instagram at GigPod and he'll have no doubt plenty of stuff in the run-up to the game on Sunday. I'll do my Rizzo predicts as well. I've get, I think I managed to get them all wrong since I started doing them, but I'll keep doing them anyway. Maybe one day they'll be right. Uh, you know what to do. You know where to get us by now. Keep subscribing on all the podcast platforms on Apple Pods, on Spotify. We want the numbers increasing. They've been doing that this season and... No doubt there's many fans in unnamed club that have started listening, so uh, thanks for the hits, even though uh, you're no doubt gloating. Right, so we will be back after the Motherwell game at the weekend. What will we be talking about a Celtic win? Who knows, hopefully. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend. Get the finger out. Save the season. We'll speak to you all soon, and hail, hail. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.